Okay. All right. Good morning. Um, you don't know it, but this is the second recording, uh, or the first recording, uh, after 40 minutes of monologue that wasn't recorded, but where I, where I double tapped, where I should have single tapped. Don't waste bullets, as I say. So I double tapped and, uh, my free sound recorder, uh, stopped the recording after six seconds. So this was to be, or for you is, um, this indeed is, uh, part two of the discussion of Luke 2119 and, uh, Dhammapada 183, which is about, uh, enduring, so the title as Enduring Tribulation to Soul Return or Soul Reunion, part two. The operative words here are enduring uh, and tribulation that leads to a returning or a reunion with soul or spirit or a re-spiritualization. <laughs> and I'm going to have to talk about what I just talked about for the last 35 minutes because it is useful to uh, <laughs> have this talk recorded. <clears throat> even if uh, I have to repeat myself to uh, those who were listening last time. Uh, what we see here is, um, you know, last time I started with the discussion of network and um, Maldek, <clears throat> and network, the film from the 70s, presenting the corporate cosmology of Mr. Jensen, uh, which is... Um, the destruction of the uh, his view in the seventies of the play of the writer, Paddy Chayefsky and the other people contributing, that the world is not really any more of races and nations and uh, political principles, but simply a matter of numbers and money and business and calculation, and the recognition that the individual is not important. What's died is the illusion of freedom, democracy, or benevolent leadership, or a humanized civilization. Human, humane civilization dies or is dead. And Howard, Howard Beale <clears throat> in that work realizes it's the individual that's died, and thus we're talking about a build back better that is de-individualized or the end of um, humane civilization and the beginning of a technocratic, technotronic age, as Brzezinski said. And in Maldak, we're talking, Rod talked about, uh, presented <clears throat> how the, the leadership viewed themselves as positive and benevolent while they proceeded to destroy their planet and go into a knot of fear where they were not even conscious as beings. How that is of today's time of tribulation as a pressuring and how that is akin to Yeshua talking to disciples in Luke 21 overall, including 2119, uh, counseling patient endurance, hupomini, <clears throat> saying that by hupomini you will gain your soul, you will possess your soul, you will be receptive to soul, and the operative words there are hupomini, uh, tesaste, psychos. Patient endurance, gaining or acquiring or purchasing or possessing soul, psychos. 
And that's um, very much echoed by Buddhist teaching by Gautama himself in chapter 14, Buddha Vaga of Dhammapada, called, um, where Gautama is basically saying, uh, patient, uh, enduring patience or patient endurance is the highest austerity. And there we have two operative words, kanti and titika. And the line is kanti paramam tapo titika. And so kanti titika is paramam tapo, meaning kanti, um, very much about shant, like shanti or patience, um, forbearance, and titika as endurance or long-suffering. Patient, long-suffering, forbearance, uh, acceptance of hardship is the high, is paramam tapo, is the highest austerity, tapo like tapas, meaning purification by fire or austere renunciate practice. And before in the group, we were talking about triggering and that it's inevitable that we're going to be triggered to emotional charge or anger-related, sadness, grief-related, fear, um, insecurity, doubt-related, emotional, mental-emotional process. It's inevitable that phenomena of the body, like our illness or our body's aging or this condition, or phenomena of the world, like other people, or collective, or you know, civilizational, will be catalyst that triggers our distorted emotional response in some way. We can't stop it until the loops for the hooks are removed. The seed bed that provides the loop for the hooks or that uh, provides, uh, that establishes our triggerability. We can't stop being triggered until we're no longer triggerable. And we can't be uh, trigger. we can't be free of triggerability uh, until there's a very deep um, purification of mind in the way of deeply knowing the value of patient endurance. And to repeat myself, uh, there were two uh, teachings from Ra that, that pertain to this. One is know yourself, accept yourself, become a creator. The other is a statement, knowledge of self, uh, forgiveness, no, acceptance of self, forgiveness of self, and direction of the will. This is what leads to the magical personality. Magical personality being akin to higher self, being akin to uh, awareness of unity, but real lower triad blockage clearance healing, deep healing and balance is necessary to be the magical personality or a crystallized healer or living as higher self, or being a higher evolved being. <laughs> and this is all about knowing and accepting. But as I said, all of this is repeating myself, which is tiresome. Um, it, it, the, the, the key to evolution, in many ways, is the direction of will. It's the direction of will, how, what we value, what we consider really important, that we do, you know, so valued as um, attended to, you know, as as valued, so um, experienced. So as you value it, so you seek it. That's basis. That's called motivation. We'll, you know, refine your desires. And 
refine the desires or focus intention or direction of the will is uh, being really clear what's important and what's not important. And like Nichiananda said, that all experience or all, you know, catalyst, he said experience, is a test to see if we can go higher. The test is uh, the catalyst. The going higher means higher chakra. The higher chakras are green, blue, indigo, which is all about accepting and knowing and forgiving. So if we have the will directed to the understanding that life is a test or phenomena is a test or situations test us uh, or the purpose of life is soul evolution, Ra said, the purpose of incarnation is evolution of mind, body, spirit. So the purpose of incarnation, the purpose of life, quote, light, it's not life, it's the purpose of this incarnation, a portion of life, is evolution of mind, body, spirit. What's the way of evolution? Well, particularly of mind, is know yourself, accept yourself, or knowing, accepting, forgiving. And that requires, particularly first, a clear direction of the will to do that, to do uh, knowing, accepting, forgiving. And in the, I think, Niebuhr Serenity Prayer, I'm not sure who was the author of it, something like, God give me, or we can say, may I develop the qualities so that I can, may I develop inner qualities that are already within or latent, to uh, uh, have the, what, patience to accept what I cannot change, the courage to change what I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This is uh, 456, straight away, or 465. And so the patience or patient endurance or long-suffering or kantititika or hupomini to be able to accept what can't be changed. And that's where patient endurance comes in, to accept what cannot be changed. Patiently, with faith, gently, if possible. Uh, Once we are triggered, (laughs) we will be triggered, then the first patient endurance is to patiently endure our distortions. And then to patiently endure the discernment to figure out what's going on here. And what we'll commonly see is that this is a situation I cannot change. Thus needs to be accepted wisely, carefully. Then there's the strength or courage to change what I can. That itself is a recognition by discernment or requires discernment or requires the direction of will to discern, which is how much do you love the truth? How much do we value honesty, seeing clearly, discerning rightly? Some, most everybody has, uh, you know, no-go zones. I don't want to know it. I don't want to believe it, they say. Well, to the extent that we don't want to believe things that are true because they're too painful to us, we remain confused and don't see rightly what can be changed what can't be changed. We think certain things can be changed when they can't. Or we may think certain things, think certain things can't be changed when they can. That's poor discernment, which we all you know, have to some degree. We don't have perfect discernment. We don't know perfect love and acceptance. And the third is the discernment to know the difference, right? So the discernment to know what can can be changed, what cannot be changed, what cannot be changed must be met with patient endurance, kanti titika or hupomene. That's 
the core teaching of Jesus and Buddha. Boom. Yeshua and Gautama teaching the critical importance of patient endurance um, in the face of what cannot be changed. Coming from a, a clear seeing and is facilitated, of course, by our clear recognition this can't be changed. This associated with my body, this associated with you, this associated with us, this associated with them or the planet as a whole, <clears throat> karmic law. And so patient endurance is key. And um, you can say, uh, and so the goal of um, patient endurance in the Luke twenty one nineteen is to gain your soul, to possess soul, to reun- reunite with soul, to be ensouled once again, to be um, re-spiritualized. <clears throat> and so this page, EnduringWord.com, commentary on Luke, um, talking of Luke 16, Luke 21, 16 to 19. Uh, you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death, and you will be hated for all, by all, for my name's sake, meaning Jesus, Yeshua. But not a hair of your head shall be lost by your patience, possess your souls. <clears throat> and that's a very nice, It very nice, it's, to say, by your patience, possess your soul, is saying, by patient endurance or hupomini, um, be with your soul. <laughs> it's not exactly a return or a reunion. It's sort of a reestablishing a temporarily lost um, condition, or having temporarily lost um, the uh, condition of, of spiritualized conscious mind. Of, of spirit-filled mind, spirit-filled, you know, our being is spirit-filled, but is the conscious mind spirit-filled? What is spirit? Well, in this case, it's certainly of love-wisdom. It's certainly of knowing and accepting and forgiving. It's of all the virtues, um, of all the virtues. The good and the true and the beautiful is a spirit-filled mind, of course. And so... And his comment here was, by your patience, possess your souls. The word for patience here is the great Greek word hupomene. Speaks of strong endurance, not a passive waiting. We endure, trusting the promise of Jesus that ultimately, in eternal perspective, not a hair of your head shall be lost. <clears throat> it's a nice commentary. It's, um, it's not purchasing soul. It's not even getting a soul. It's possessing the soul we already have or are. Repossessing. Repossession. Uh, repo. <laughs> repo manas. Uh, manas. Re. Um, returning to ensouled condition. Its own natural ensouled condition. <clears throat> now in Buddhism. And so that, that that's. Um, and that soul Again the word psyche. Translated commonly as Spirit or that which animates. Um, and uh, the immaterial principle of movement in life, philosophically. This is from Wiktionary. So those are some understandings of the gain and the reward by standing fast, holding firm, being patient, 
uh, enduring till the end, trusting with faith, and as much knowing as possible the justice here. The justice. There's no injustice here. This is just. Even though at the 3D and city plane we see lots of injustice. Human injustice is of divine justice. Divine justice, divine law, um, includes or is inclusive of human injustice and suffering and misery. I mean, I don't like it. I mean, I complain all the time. So, uh, I'm just saying, uh, I have no doubt that there's human, that there's uh, divine or greater karmic metaphysical justice. Ross said the physical and the in- and the metaphysical are inseparable. Well, yes and no. <laughs> the physical is a manifestation of the metaphysical, and the physical has a non and normally unrecognized metaphysical uh, component or basis from which the physical the physical is the appearance, and the metaphysical is invisible. So the visible is the physical, the invisible is the metaphysical. The metaphysical <clears throat> invisible is the basis of the physical visible material, always. So it's inseparable because what we're seeing, we're seeing what we see is the physical portion of a metaphysical. And the basis of the physical that we're seeing or experiencing is a metaphysical that we're normally not. And that metaphysical to uh, human injustice and suffering and pain is a divine or logoic justice or purpose or design or perhaps even necessity, or obviously I guess there would be necessity. Divine will can change, (laughs) divine plan can change, divine logoic is divine. It's just a tighter word, logoic, meaning the creator of light in this seven-dimensional system. That being changes too. But we make an alignment between that which is distress, between the conscious mind and the personal self, which is in dismay, which is under attack, which is in pain, which is in some dukkha, in a strong dukkha, in the, the dukkha of uh, glypsis. The dukkha of glypsis is the, the stress of the end time pressuring of the tumult of Armageddon. Uh, being in that um, uh, is the physical of a metaphysical. And the metaphysical uh, will say, you know, being in the, in, in, to the degree that we uh, return to, that, that we return to knowing, accepting, and forgiveness, which is hupomini, or kantititika, uh, we return to an alignment with the logoic or the divine or the purpose and the metaphysical, the basis for what's happening here. And uh, by that, we can pass through the, this storm better. Okay. Now, <clears throat> uh, to the Buddhist view, Dhammapada 183, translated uh, by Tanisaro, Tanisaro Bhikkhu, to avoid all evil, to cultivate good, to cleanse one's mind. This is the teaching of the Buddhas. And this is a... So 183, 184, 185 go together. And uh, 
it's very uh, common that people say the heart of the Buddhist teaching is this, is Dhammapada 183. Avoid evil, cultivate good, cleanse the mind. And then uh, there are other translations, and there's a background, backstory to it, and there's the linked verses of 84, 184, 185. 184 is where we is the center point. Enduring patience is the highest austerity. That's kanti and titiko, titika, tapo, uh, paramam tapo. Nibbana is supreme, say the Buddhas. He's not a true monk who harms another, nor a true renunciate who oppresses others. And 185, not despising, not harming, restraint according to the, mo- the code of monastic discipline, patimokkha, moderation in food, dwelling in solitude, devotion to meditation, this is the teaching of the Buddhas. And in the back story to verses 183, 84, 85, from the, um, I believe it's from Narada Terra, it's a very nice page or site called tipitaka.net, tipitaka's three baskets, T or three pitakas, there is a story, there is the background story of verses 183, 84, 85. And down the page is a section called The Story of the Question, raised by Tara Ananda. So Ananda Tara was Ananda, or the chief, the um, attendant to Gautama. Tara means he was an elder, and he attained complete perfect enlightenment after Gautama's passing, it seems. And so here's what was written. While residing at Jetawana Monastery, the Buddha uttered verses 183, 184, 185, with reference to the question raised by Tara Ananda, or Ananda Tara, Ananda as the attendant, regarding fundamental instructions to bhikkhus by the preceding Buddhas. So he's asking... Gautama, sir, uh, could you tell us about teachings from the Buddhas in times past? And it goes on. On one occasion, Tara, Ananda, asked the Buddha whether the fundamental instructions to bhikkhus given by the preceding Buddhas were the same as those of the Buddhas of the Buddha himself, Siddhartha Gautama. To him, the Buddha replied that the instructions given by all the Buddhas are as given in the following verses. And then he spoke verses 183 and 4 and 5. And this translation is not to do evil, to cultivate merit, to purify one's mind. This is the teaching of the Buddhas. 184. The best moral practice is patience and forbearance. Nibbana is supreme, said the the Buddhas. A bhikkhu does not harm others. One who harms others is not a bhikkhu. Uh, It's interesting. I'll finish. 185. Not to revile, not to do any harm, to practice restraint according to the fundamental instructions for the bhikkhus, patimokkha. To be moderate in taking food, to dwell in a secluded place, to devote oneself to higher concentration. This is the teaching of the Buddhas. And so this is the teaching of the Buddhas um, embodied in these three verses, spoken by Gautama to Ananda in relation to what was taught before it seems actually <clears throat> that the term fundamental instructions, capital F and I, 
are of actually the word patimoka. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. <clears throat> so, fundamental instructions, yep, so it is patimoke. Mm -hmm. Patimoki, patimoka, patimoka is uh, considered uh, pati and mok, is basically, um, I guess, fundamental instructions. But it's considered the, the code for monks, the monks, the monastic code for monks and maybe nuns as well, where they have their own. Uh, so it's not necessarily the teaching <clears throat> for every, the, the whole Buddhist teaching to all, but it's actually the core teaching for those who seek complete and perfect enlightenment now. For those who seek Nibban now, the highest now, ASAP, um, not a slower path. The, these are the essential teachings. And so you see a bigger context to um, this notion um, patient endurance is the highest austerity. And what's very interesting is uh, comparing translations. <laughs> uh, the Dhammapada Buddhavaga translated, oh, it's actually translated by Acharya Buddha Rakata, not Tanisaro. That's interesting. So Buddha Rakshita, Buddha Rakita, I don't know who that is. Translating 183 to 185. It's very interesting. Uh, Buddha Rakita is, he translated chapter 14 as the Buddha, Buddha Vaga. Uh, <laughs> Tadasaro Bhikkhu translated it as the as awakened. Buddha Vaga. Vaga means chapter or verse or chapter, I believe, and Buddha is Buddha. But Buddha is either Buddha himself or awakening as Buddha. And so one calls it the Buddha, and the other one calls the chapter awakened. Okay? So you can see that uh, everybody's got their own take on things, and there's value to the uh, to various translations uh, Tanisaro translated 183 184 5 as the non-doing of any evil this is 183 the non-doing of any evil the performance of what's skillful cleansing of one's own mind this is the teaching of the awakened meaning the awakened meaning the Buddhas so you see here, it's, he, while he's translating Buddha as awakened or awakened, um, the question really was about previous Buddha Buddhas, uh, not the awakened, but actually the Buddhas, the the previous Buddhas, the the all the Buddhas that come to third density worlds, or come into uh, manifestation to teach the way. It wasn't really the teaching of the awakened; it was the teaching of the all the historical Buddhas who came before Siddhartha. 184, translated by Tanisaro Bhikkhu as patient endurance, the foremost austerity. This is foremost is Paramam, austerity was tapa, Tapos. Patient endurance is Kanti Titika. Unbind, so he's translated 184, patient endurance, the foremost austerity, unbinding, the foremost, so say the awakened, the Buddhas. He who injures another is no contemplative. He who mistreats another is no monk. And 185, uh, not disparaging, 
not injuring, restraint in line with patimoka, moderation in food, dwelling in seclusion, commitment to the heightened mind. This is the teaching of the awakened. And so you see that the heightened mind is actually um, translated as devotion to meditation (laughs) by Buddha And the original, actually, I can't, uh, yeah, it's words that I don't know here. So, higher concentration, higher mind, meditation, yes. And so, 185 here is, is the high distilled version of the moral code or the entire code of conduct and life uh, expression for a bhikkhu or a person who seeks complete and perfect enlightenment as soon as possible. And so not disparaging means uh, avoiding wrong speech. Not injuring means avoiding any kind of wrong action. Restraint in line with the patimoka means following the entire 200 plus monastic rules, which some of which are really developed only because certain monks made trouble and they had to make a rule for it. But it's essentially Panchashila and or you know the five or the eight or the ten forms of sila. That's restraint, and that's do no harm. Moderation in food, dwelling in seclusion, and commitment to meditation or higher mind or concentration or spiritual practice. So that's it. That's what's needed. That's the whole. That that's the the guidance on uh, the noble eightfold path is avoiding wrong speech, avoiding wrong, or stopping, preventing wrong speech, preventing wrong action, self-restraint in line with all the codes of the Sangha, then moderation in food, dwelling, living in seclusion, physical seclusion particularly, and then commitment to practice, the heightened mind, or concentration, or samadhi, practice that goes to the attainment. That's it. And that's what all the Buddhas, uh, historical Buddhas taught, um, says, you know, um, Gautama to Ananda. Uh, And so 184, uh, this perhaps Narada Tera translated as the best moral practice is patience and forbearance. It's the, again, it's uh, paramam tappo. That's the key. Paramam tappo. It's an austerity. Tappo is of tapas. And uh, it, it's uh, difficult. And so patient endurance or hupomini is, uh, is like a purifying fire. It's not easy. It's not easy to uh, turn the other cheek. Or it's not easy to accept... Um, pain. It's not easy. It's it's an austerity. It's a sacrifice. It's a renunciation of um, uh, of the of the belief that we want, rightly, reasonably, we want uh, comfort or well-being all the time. Who doesn't? I want comfort and well-being all the time. Hmm? No, I mean I don't want pain. And so in many ways, it's the heart of, of motivation for the path. <laughs> Meaning, 
we we it's 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 almost like going against the basis of the path uh because the basis of the path is um, acknowledging dukkha and seeking uh freedom from dukkha right the first noble truth um the there is dukkha and uh, second is that it has cause and third is that there's a, a a freedom from it and the fourth is the the way to the freedom from dukkha and its cause and so we don't want dukkha and yet here the counsel is to patiently accept dukkha and that's really difficult to the extent we love love and light and goodness and the truth good and true and beautiful so we're in a world where there really is a somewhat significant percentage of uh, negatives <laughs> it could be 30% or 40% i really don't know at this point i don't know it could be it could be 30% i'm starting to you know up up assess or uh, increase my uh, rec- increase the percentage of the percentage of negatives in my view maybe more than i had thought i had underestimated so i'm trying to rightly estimate i i, I don't think that you've got I, i think that you've got a whole lot of people that go along to get along and become selfish and greedy and insensitive and dishonest because nice guys finish last everybody knows or in a system that is hierarchical surface of self negative hierarchy yeah nice guys finish last and uh, bad guys are at the top and the worst guys are at the top <clears throat> the politicians are not at the top by the way they're not they're not at the top but the most the most heinous wicked are at the top behind the curtain and in such a system um many who are not negative at base of being this or not truly committed to the negative way either go along to get along or don't want to finish last nice guys finishing last they don't want to be finishing last so they think i can't be a nice guy you got to be brutal and ruthless in business they say that 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 so uh, but it been maybe uh, it may be still 20 or 30% maybe a quarter of the population here is negative at base this is very interesting anyway uh, these different translations are useful and Let's see what we are in time. This is going to be a short class cuz I have to get my lunch and uh <laughs> this is version 2 of the uh, presentation that was initially not recorded. Um I'm not sure if I would call if I would say that uh paramam tapo is called the best moral practice. Paramam is highest or greatest without a doubt. and tapo is not exactly moral practice it's it really is closer to austerity or um you, you say austerity um it was translated uh, yeah both rock put a rakita and tanasaro translated it as austerity i think that's right and you see the the person i think it was from narada tara who translated dalapara with the back story uh called it the best moral practice he's he's he was writing for westerners at a time when people really were didn't want to hear austerity austerity is for them like poverty miserable living in rags but it is it tapos is a hardcore uh, ascetic practice ascetic practice is tapas 
tapas is the function and the 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 form and function of ascetic practice is tapas and the root is tapo and that's the word here and so the greatest ascetic austerity is um kantititika or hupomani so it really is difficult that's the point <laughs> it is not it is painful to accept pain it's painful to uh, write to recognize i can do nothing to change the circumstance and i have to just bear with it patiently bear with it that's painful it's austerity it's an ascetic practice and that's i think that i got to get my lunch so that's where we'll leave it for today the fact that patient endurance i think is rightly considered an ascetic austerity a practice it's an austerity it's a an ascetic practice it's completely contradictory to the whole basis of our life which is to seeking to be free of dukkha or seeking to be all that we can be or to live fully in the good and the true and the beautiful and that's what i like i like the good and the true and the beautiful and so <laughs> whoever downvotes you don't like the good and the true and the beautiful just accept that so that'll be it for today and um next time i want to go further into this kind of very <laughs> long extended uh, commentary or rambling about verses 183 84 85 as the heart of what the buddhas uh, of all ages teach not just the awakened but actually the previous buddhas and gotama himself so i hope this was useful thank you for being here take good care and good night